Today on Sega Talk, we dip back into classic Sonic games covering Sonic the Hedgehog Triple Trouble on the Sega Game Gear. We talk about the cult classic handheld game, talk about the birth of Fang, or is that Nat? All this and more on Sega Talk. SegaBits presents Sega Talk, a podcast talking all things with your hosts, George and Barry. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sega Talk. I'm your host, George, and like always, with me is my uh, partner in crime. Barry, this is, this is the part where you say something. Get off my island. <laughs> As you can see, he's cosplaying, well, not even like, he's kind of trying to act like Knuckles, or what his <laughs> opinion of Knuckles would be. I'm Knuckles. I, don't, don't, don't mess with me. And today, we are talking about Sonic the Hedgehog Triple Trouble. A 1994 2D platforming game released exclusively on the Game Gear that was developed by Aspect, who uh, was mostly known for their Sega Game Gear and Master System ports. Um, this is a Patreon pick, right, Barry? And uh, you're darn tootin'. And you get plug the the Patreon for the fine folks at home. Oh boy! Well, hey folks, if you like what we do here, then you can support us over at patreon.com slash segabits and we have a variety of tiers there um are ones that get you the audio version a week before there are ones that get you the audio and video version a week before and there are even ones that let you pick what we talk about and tonight's episode is actually a patreon pick it is a pick from Longtime supporter Nicholas Schaefer, NS. And so we're going to read his memories at the top of the show. At the end of the show, we're going to read the rest of the memories. And these are all Patreon supporters. Dollar gets you in the door. You can leave a memory, get the audio version. $5 video, 20 picks. So here's what Nicholas had to say. He said, So, I got a Game Gear well past its time and never got to get this game. Instead, I had Sonic 2, and that had killed my interest in 8-bit Sonic games. But when I got the Sonic Gems collection for GameCube, I fell in love with this game. Unique levels with new level gimmicks and power-ups and added story to tag onto Sonic 3 and Knuckles. Music was good as well for Game Gear, but the big thing was Knack the Weasel. As a big Archie Sonic comic reader, this blew my mind at the time. I thought he was a comic original and not the other way around. Seeing him in this drift in Fighters made me instantly a character I wanted in the modern games. Uh, Kid Me even wrote a cringy fanfic of him and Rouge the Bat doing a heist together. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, I think if Sega really wants to follow up on Mania and do a Sonic Origins Plus physical edition, remaking Triple Trouble in the Mania engine would definitely get me to buy it again. That's what he had to say. And um, check us out on Patreon, like Barry said. Um... All your support counts, and we appreciate it. Um, Talking about 
So, what type of games did Aspect make, the guys that made this game? Because obviously this game was not made by Sonic Team, even though I think Aspect did a good job at least at capturing the look and aesthetics of classic uh, Sonic games and tra translating them to 8-bit. Mostly, they did obviously Game Gear games, and some of their hits include Axe Battler, A Legend of Golden Axe, which is a unique Zelda-type clone, Sonic Chaos, Deep Duck Trouble, starring Mickey <laughs> Donald Duck, Tales Adventure, and Legend of Illusion, starring Mickey Mouse. Sadly, on October 31st, uh, 2018, Aspect went bankrupt. So I'm actually surprised it was in 2018 and not in like 2008, personally. Right, or 1998. Right, exactly, because like, <laughs> most of the bulk of their work was during the Genesis days. I think they had I think their last game they actually made was Rent a Hero, the Xbox exclusive. Doubt that paid the bills very well, so surprised it wasn't right there in 2003. That was their last game. Um I see that you got a sorry. I see somebody's got notes, sorry. <laughs> Barry, you up you are update you updated a prolific Sega handheld blog on uh, on blogspot right called the right. nomad junkyard not the sega nomad which is your name i don't i don't know what i was thinking here what is your history with sonic the hedgehog triple trouble and your overall thoughts on the game oh boy well yeah you are right so i actually got my blogging career start uh back in 2009 i created a blog called the nomad junkyard which was kind of an offshoot from the Dreamcast Junkyard and the Saturn Junkyard. And I covered Game Gear. I covered like any portable handheld Sega stuff. The joke was that like the Sega Nomad is really just a portable Genesis. So I would be like, oh, I, I talk about Nomad games, which really was like I talk about playing, you know, right. like Genesis games on the go. Yeah. Like there's no such thing as a Nomad cartridge. Right. Um, but yeah, because of that, I really grew uh, an interest in the Sega Game Gear. It's a handheld I never grew up with owning. I knew friends who had it. I remember playing Lion King on a friend's Game Gear. But really, I did not own any portable devices outside of a Sega Nomad. Like, honestly, I think the Sega Nomad's one of Sega's best pieces of hardware. I think it was a really cool evolution of the Genesis, you know, once they started to move into the mid-90s. And it also was kind of a Game Gear killer, just because if you had not yet purchased a Game Gear in 1995 and you had the choice between a portable Sega Genesis or essentially a portable Master System, of course you're going to go with the Nomad. Right. Um, and so it wasn't until years later that I picked up a Game Gear. Actually, I bought the Majesco model, which was from uh, Mexico, I think. Mm. And... The the Majesco model, the way you can tell those apart is that they don't have the rainbow, the red RGB logo. It's just pure white on oh, the I have front seen of those. the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the Majesco model has a superior screen because it was made later. It was made in the late '90s as opposed to the early '90s. So, long story short, I picked up Sonic Triple Trouble used cartridge only. I actually have it over there. I have to run and grab my props. I forgot to put them next to me. Um, and I really enjoyed it. I can see why people love this game. I think unlike Sonic 1 and 2 and Sonic Chaos, this one feels a lot more 
I wouldn't say epic, but much more in line with what the Genesis was offering. It had more characters. I think it had the largest character roster of any um, Game Gear platformer. Right. It uh, it had it, a fun kind of post Sonic Three and Knuckles plot. So it was like a new adventure with Knuckles still kind of on the edge of being a rival and an enemy and a, and a friend, which was a fun period of time. Like, you know, we don't talk about it too much, but there was like a brief, like one or two year window where it wasn't assured that Knuckles was Sonic's friend. Right. And that was Sonic and Knuckles and this game and maybe one more. Same with Shadow. Like there was a brief period of time where Shadow was dead. Right, <laughs> you know? right, right. We never and I don't come back or not. And it was like the character was seen in a much different light. He was that one-off character who died. It just like Knuckles was that new villain. And then all of a sudden it's like, ah, oh, he's a friend. And Shadow's alive and he's a friend. So right. I don't know. It, it actually kind of makes me miss the days of characters who were animals, but they weren't all friends. And that's why I think I really like Knack the Weasel is because he was an enemy at the time and he still is an enemy. Like right. he's still a bad guy. He's one of the few, I think he's the only animal character who never became a buddy of Sonic's later on. Well, infinite, but you think he's coming back? Well, he was... Sort of not even a bad guy. Right. Well, he he was corrupted and then died. Yeah, and I'll have more to say on infinite later. Okay, all right. Um, Yeah. Me... How about uh, you? I'm going to grab my props while you talk. Right, so my brother got a... The uh, Game Gear when we were kids, um, the only game we owned for it was Sonic, one of the Sonic ports for it, I think, that they did for it, because it came bundled in with the Game Gear, and then Mm. my parents returned it because the battery was terrible, and they were tired of trying to figure out the rechargeable battery situation, so later on, I bought one myself when when they were obviously way cheaper, and I played this game, some of the Shinobi games I thought were pretty cool in concept. The Game Gear had some really, really cool games for it being such a not popular console compared to the Game Boy or whatever. So Sega really did support it, and they had some actually pretty good games for it. I think Triple Trouble is probably the best Sonic game on there because they really kind of figured out all the little... little, You know, they even had the gimmicks for the shoes here from Chaos. So it's pretty cool that they kind of combined all this... And then added a cool new character that has become iconic over time. Um, As we just spoke about Aspect, who has quite the record number of big titles on the Game Gear, do you consider them a B tier because they mostly worked on Game Gear? I think that's kind of like a stereotype, right? Like Sonic Team was the top tier. Uh And these guys were doing their B tier titles, right? (laughs) I mean, I, I would actually, I'd call them an A-tier Game Gear developer. I think they were really pushing what the Master System hardware was capable of. Uh, the what, the Mark III it was, right, in Japan? Right. Um, and so this was like, this was uh, hardware that existed for quite some time. Sega was supporting it. Geez, when, when did the Master System come out? 1985? 85 or 86, right? 86-something. I know the SG-1000 was before that, but it really... And I I think the Master System even was, like, built on the SG-1000 because there are emulators that can play both games. So 
it it really feels like Aspect was really like doing some amazing work with what the Game Gear was capable of, given this was almost decade-old hardware. I mean, nowadays with M2 doing the um, Genesis or the the Mega Drive Mini 2, they are now doing stuff with like sprite scaling that's amazing. And right. so I feel like at the time, Aspect was doing stuff with the Game Gear that was frankly really impressive. I look at games like Tales Adventures and Deep Duck Trouble and and the Sonic Chaos and, and Triple Trouble games, and it's much, much better than other options out there and even other games within the same franchise. Like, it's the better Sonic games. It's the better Donald Duck games. Right. Um, I agree Even with that. Tales Adventures is better than Tales Sky Patrol. Right. Land of Illusion. Like, they did an Illusion game. That's really <laughs> cool. So, I'm... I, I would hesitate to say they're like B tier. I think they were doing A quality effort just on smaller scale. And you know? uh, I agree. I think there's this. Back then, it was such a divided thing, right? Somebody had to make these Master System games, right? Um, right. And I agree with you. And I, I think the thing that also made their titles kind of pop is because they had a good understanding of the franchises they were making games of. And they kind of knew right. what, what fans liked and how to push these games to make them aesthetically pleasing pleasing so like if you go to the store and you saw triple trouble for the game gear you're definitely going to want it as a kid right as a sega fan they knew they knew that people right. like the mickey games and they knew how to market them how to design them to look uh pleasing and i think that's what made something like knack so iconic even after 30 years after the uh almost 30 years after the fr- the character was created so Development? Absolutely, yeah. Sorry, go on. Oh, sorry, go I was on? just going to say, because I know people get, get finicky sometimes in the comments. The Mark III came out in 1985, ah. and then the uh, Master System came out in America in 1986, and then in Japan in 1987. So this was 10-year-old hardware that by this point, if we're considering Game Gear an evolution or a continuation of Master System and Mark III hardware. And- Back then, I think it was typically five-year support is what you considered uh, a full generation, right? Right. right. Yeah, exactly. Um, so development for Sonic Triple Trouble, not very a lot, as you would assume. Uh, a lot of, not a lot of interviews. Uh, I, you, as you would guess, a lot of these magazines wanted to talk to Sonic Team and some of the bigger teams that actually created some of these franchises. So... While Sonic Triple Trouble ended up staying as a Game Gear exclusive, it was originally slated to have a Master System port, much like Sonic Chaos a year before it. That would make this one of the last big, if it came out, big Master System titles. So I actually Mm. looked it up, and um, Miki's Ultimate Challenge in in March 27th, oh, no, not March 27th, in 1994, a puzzle game, um, was the la- for Brazil only was the last one to come out on the Master System. I would say wow. if Triple Trouble came out in '94, I think this would have been the last actual big game because a Mickey puzzle game's cool only for Brazil or whatever. But having a Triple Trouble full scale this game would be a lot bigger deal in my opinion. Um, oh, absolutely! And we also have some. Screenshots. Um, I, I don't know if you can see them, if you have them open, but basically these are the only development screenshots we have. And as you can tell, not a lot changed. The bonus round used to be 3D, 
like a 3D uh, type level. Uh, the peel out for Sonic was yellow. So like we're, we're talking very minor uh, differences. The level design changed. You know how uh, Sonic Retro loves showing off the old early screenshots. I, mm -hmm. I personally don't see too much different. Obviously development always changes little things here and there. But it's nothing huge like a Laws Zone or anything. So, like I said, uh, sadly, Triple Triple Trouble's development is not as interesting as other games have been in the past. Um, are you surprised by that, by the way, that there's not that many? Because, like, these games just came out. Like, Chaos came out the year before this. Like, how much right. promotion can you do in a year? I mean, we see this a lot with uh, Game Gear games and Master System games. They just kind of cranked them out, and magazines at this time weren't really focusing on them. So I guess the only thing, real thing we can hope for is that people uh, you know, who are doing books nowadays are interviewing people and covering this sort of stuff for future uh, generations. So, you know, fingers, fingers crossed. Right. on that front like Sega 16's doing something because I I think this is an area that has not been covered all that much uh you know as we see here and um so let's talk a little bit about the title for the for the game so in America we got the game called Sonic the Hedgehog Triple Trouble which I think should have just been called Sonic Triple Trouble but in Japan the game was called Sonic and Tails 2 which would be a sequel to Sonic and Tails, which is Sonic Chaos here. Does this make sense to you, Barry? Are we catching? Uh, what <laughs> it does. Right, all right. So what name do you like more? Uh, do you like that we um, use Chaos and Triple Trouble, or are you a Sonic and Tails 1 and 2 fan? I always found Sonic and Tails to be a really lame name. Like, it is what it is. Like, it's a game where you kick it off and you can play as Sonic or Tails. Um... Which I guess was a big deal at the time because Sonic 1 and 2 for the Master System does not have anyone except for Sonic playable. But I think by this point, like people knew that you would get multiple characters in a Sonic game, so you don't need to spell it out. And I, I think Sonic and Tails 2 is such a kind of lame, basic title. Right. Um, Sonic Chaos, I always really love that name. And then Sonic Triple Trouble, uh, I think is cool i mean it's it's triple of what though like it's not a third game right in any sense it's not and i think that's what always kind of threw me off because i'd be like all right there's sonic one game gear sonic two game gear uh sonic triple trouble is that the third one <laughs> right. oh there's sonic chaos and i think if you know the japanese names it makes a lot more sense but i i, I tend to prefer sonic chaos and sonic triple trouble um and I think, at least, I think most people are smart enough to see, like, the evolution there without needing it spelled out as Sonic and Tails and Sonic and Tails 2. Yeah, um, Sonic and Tails seems kind of generic. I mean, Sonic 2 is Sonic and Tails, right? So to say right. that your Game Gear game is called Sonic and Tails doesn't really describe it. Uh, Sonic Chaos, I, I like the name, um, obviously. That one's cool. Triple Trouble, I think, is trying to be like, there's a third new bad guy, right? So I'm assuming the Triple Trouble would be uh, Fang, Eggman, and Knuckles for, exactly. for the yeah. player. So that, and I think it, that's cool. Like, it, it's clear there's three enemies in this game, which is unique at the time. Like, it's... it out. I think what I really like about it is it's like outdoing Sonic 3 and Knuckles, which is an epic game. 
but there was only Eggman and Knuckles. Right. So. And it, <laughs> I think it's even cooler than something like Sonic Forces that teased all these bad guys and they were just illusions. So, like, the fact that they actually brought a new character that's an actual character is cool. Right. right? And so let's talk about the Japanese cover and the American cover. We got totally different. This is where it changes. The titles are changed. The art is changed. So here, the American one, we have more of the American cartoon type art. In Japan, mm-hmm. it's more in line with what we see in the Mega Drive covers, even the uh, the aesthetics of the uh, design on the logo and everything. Triple Trouble is obviously more Americanized with the way they do the gradient. Um, very cool logo, by the way. I really love the Triple Trouble logo. It's very cool. And... Um, mm-hmm. It also, the American also does, a, I think, a better job advertising what the game is. It has the new character on the cover. It has Eggman. It has Knuckles. Sonic and Tails 2 just has Sonic and Tails. This could, I could literally change the, the logo of Sonic and Tails 2 and just put Sonic, Advent, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, and you'd be like, yeah, it's, that's Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Right, and I think it's a little, it's not deceiving, but it reads a little odd because, yeah, you could look at that Japanese cover art if you were a casual, and be like, oh, Sonic 2. I think the American cover art's really great. I mean, I know there are people who hate this style, and I think in recent years, Twitter has become like a bastion, bastion, whatever, like a cesspool of people who just decided to like rewrite history and act like we all always hated. Uh, They call him Buttface Sonic. Look at him. He doesn't have a butt face. There's no brow there. If you look at that artwork there, it's... And now they hate the fin. They're like, oh, they thought it was one fin. And I'm like, you know what? This was what it was at the time, and it's pretty fucking cool. Are, so, like, Are you reading my Twitter? Are you, is that what you... Are you reading my tweets out loud right <laughs> yeah, now? Yeah, pretty much. So, but I love I love that it has um, all the enemies there. I think the only downside is that Tails could should have been in there. Right. Like... Tails plane. is not on the cover, and he's playable in the game. <laughs> right. No, yeah, Tails should have been in there. That's, like, the, the one negative thing. And I'm not a big, uh, like I said, I'm not, I like the Japanese artwork usually better, but I just think the American cover does better to convey what the game really is. Especially, I For almost sure. forgot, the snowboarding, which is a brand new feature in this game, is uh, pictured promptly on the cover, too. So they did a better job describing what the game, what's inside the game. So definitely an American fan here. I do wonder if there's going to be people upset about that, but it's all right. We could all disagree. Um, So the story of Triple Trouble is an epic tale. In Triple Trouble, Eggman finally captures all the Chaos Emeralds without Sonic knowing it. I guess he was sleeping. While testing his ultimate weapon, he makes a big mistake, which results in an explosion shattering the Chaos Emeralds across the planet. Planet Earth, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, Eggman has gotten one, but has no idea where the other five have gone. Sonic and Tails see the explosion, spring it to action, but at the same time, so has Knuckles and a, and a new character, Fink the Sniper. Uh, so, uh, what's your overall opinion on the game story? Uh, why, I, I, I think I put it, it should be called Quad Trouble, but I'm an idiot because I literally just explained why it's called Triple Trouble. I was thinking it more of like Sonic, Tails, Nuck, you know what I mean? There's so many characters, why is it triple? But it's because the bad guys are triple. The three bad right. guys, yeah. Well, I, yeah, I guess the explosion's a problem. Right, that's a problem too. <laughs> um, 
I like the story. I I like that there's actually a little um, explanation there as to why Supersonic doesn't appear, and it's because Eggman has apparently one of the emeralds, but five are missing. Mm-hmm. But there's a but if you think about that, that's six. So I guess the seventh one was never found or acquired. So it's like it it stops Egg. You need to stop Eggman from being on the path to collecting all seven, but he has not collected all seven. Even, Even if he gets... Right. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> so it's like there's another story after this, maybe? I don't know. Um, but in the Sonic franchise, it's been six or seven, depending on the game. I mean, even then, people say, oh, well, in Sonic 1, there was only six. And that's why Super Sonic didn't appear until Sonic 2. <laughs> right. So, um, but I dig it. I like, uh, I like Fang or Knack. Um, in the story... In the game story, he he's just on his own. Um, but in the comic, which we'll talk about later, right. he's hired by uh, Robotnik in a very Boba Fett sort of situation, where like it's Darth Vader hiring a bounty hunter. Um, I think Fang's a really interesting character, uh, so I'm I'm looking forward to talking more about Fang. Him, right? Um, yeah. The story, I do like the idea of like it's very Dragon Ball Z ish, right? Like oh, they all scattered now. There's this whole fight to try to capture them. Very simple. Uh, it's a little different take because it really does make Sonic's world feel more vibrant in this game. Because it really shows you how it grew during the mm-hmm. uh, classic era. Like it literally was just Sonic and Knuckles. I mean, uh, Sonic and Eggman fighting, and now it's like Tails, Knuckles, and. These characters, I think, are very vibrant and full of life and very different from each other that I think it works out really well. And uh, I wish they did this more now, that they have more friends where each one has, has like, the more rival or anti-hero characters take, want the Chaos Emerald for their own needs. I mean, not everyone has to agree with Sonic, even if they're not bad guys, right? Right. right. It's, so it's like, Sonic, you only need one to keep it away from Eggman, right? Like, why can't I just have them and use them for what I need? Right, but anyway, right. As long as you're not evil, but yeah, um, I'm not. <laughs> I swear I'm not. Talking about the new character, Sonic Triple Trouble is best known for the first appearance appearance of Fank the Sniper. Fank the Sniper was created by Tadishi Ahori. I can't even say his last name. I'm not even gonna try. But he basically came up with his character's uh, treasure persona hunting uh, personality. But the character was actually designed by. Shinichi Higachi, and he, we have a quiz. Bada 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 bada. I don't know. We don't have a theme song. Oh, I can't wait. I, we don't have a theme song. So Higachi also worked. Well, he he also worked on other games, including Sonic Drift, Burning Rangers, and even Sonic Adventure. But he also designed characters for another cult classic Sega RPG franchise. Uh, so the so I got a. Valkyria Chronicles, B, Skies of Arcadia, C, Sakura Wars, D, Seventh Dragon. Ooh, I'm going to say Skies of Arcadia? B, you're right, actually. Yeah. He he actually yes. designed the characters for Skies of Arcadia. I I didn't, the eyes, kind of, the way he designed uh, Fang's eyes kind of gave me a little, like, Oh, I could see it now. He has little Japanese anime eyes. But then again, is it just Fang that has these eyes? I think he has a really unique eye. And I like his Fang, obviously. But um, 
So, what's your opinion on Fang as a character and his look? I I love his his look. He's one of the Sonic characters I would like learn to draw as a kid, right. just because it's it's super fun to draw him in profile. And I think he was actually designed with his profile in mind, which is unique from Sonic, which you always see at that three-quarter angle. Mm. Um, and I I don't think you're going to cover it in the notes, but a few years ago, um, there was a lot of like reveals about Fang's um, design. Mm. And his his design was actually inspired by Opa Opa. Really? I um, did not know. I didn't yeah, see the, that. Yeah, the pointed look of his face and his nose and his hat all pointing forward was inspired by Opa Opa, like this sideways shape. Um, and then as for the animal, in North America, he's a weasel, but in Japan, they wanted him to be half, I'm looking this up now, half gerboa, which is like a little hopping rat, and half wolf, um, which is interesting because Sally Acorn was also, I think, like half squirrel, half chipmunk or something. So there's this weird like hybrid animal thing going on at the time. Um, I I prefer weasel. I think it's just simpler than like a half gerboa, half wolf. Or just make him a wolf. I think that would have been cool. But I don't like these half. I don't like the, the crossbreeding with like different animals in Sonic because then it just gets like really weird. Like what would a half... Icky. Hedgehog half tails, like half fox look like you know. I don't know. And uh, um, I was going to tell you, yeah. um, he's also one of the, you know, least uh, one of the characters that does not have an animal after his name. Like you said, he was supposed to be called right. Knack the Weasel, but he's technically officially now called uh, Faint the Sniper, which is uh, I think it's only right. a few characters. Like we talked about, Bean the Dynamite is the character. Another exactly. One. And I think yeah. What do you think about that? Do you do you think it has to be an animal, or do you think that's just a... I think I would prefer it to be an animal, just to stay in the theme, because it's always like a name that's kind of a descriptor, and then the animal. So Fang, that makes sense. Knack, what's a knack? I don't know. I, I grew up on Knack, so I'm a little more attached to it, but I also like the name Fang. Um, but Fang the Sniper always felt weird to me because he's got a little pop gun and that's not really a sniper weapon. Right. Um, he doesn't do any snipery things in the game. So, hmm. like, he's a, he's a weasel, he's a wolf, but he's not a sniper. He's not sniping. And when you're in um, he's definitely Sonic the Fighters, he's shoot. He's like a shooter. He's like Fang the Shooter. Shank, or a popper. He's more you like know. a little gunslinger, kind of, right? Like, he is. Hard boiled. Yeah. What do you think about his little, like, Indiana Jones look? He's got the little hat, like Indiana Jones. Does he need a whip, too? Yeah, I think <laughs> I think in the comics, they even, like, made him kind of Australian. Mm. Like, they played up that with the hat, the little up, upturned brim. What but, do you think about that, like, yeah, Australian? I, I think that would be cool. I think if he ever, like, talked, if they gave him an Aussie accent, I think that'd be cool. Um,. But I, I just, I love his design. I love his name. I think he's one of the most underutilized classic characters. Even nowadays, they haven't really used him. Like, he appeared in Sonic Mania, but he wasn't in any of the recent IDW comics. Um, even though they've built up a really big, like, cast of classic Sonic characters. Right. They still don't, they don't, still don't revisit Knack. And I guess I'll mention it now, like... 
um, in the aftermath of Sonic Forces, I I had thought that it would have been a really cool reveal to have Infinite actually be Knack or Fang. Right. And the story would be that the reason why I haven't seen him is he's been like a um, gun for hire for years and then he was corrupted by this... Um, emerald and became this new character and just imagine how much more epic forces would have been if in the end it was like who are you and he's like you might have known me as fang and you'd be like oh my god they it's him like that would have been epic but instead it was like he's like i'm just a wolf character that was introduced in a comic book uh, you might have read ago right (laughs) you might have read it on the sega twitter account (laughs) yeah you might have read it yes so lame I agree. I think it it would have been kind of like a Phantom of the Opera or whatever, the man behind the Iron Mask, where the reveal has to be important, right? It's like if Darth Vader was like, I'm no one important, and he takes off his mask, and you're like, oh. Right. <laughs> and I think the the closest thing I could think, uh, two, two examples would be um, Judge Doom in Roger Rabbit, where it turns out he's a toon. Right. Or um, probably even more closer to it would be uh, Wreck-It Ralph, where King Candy turned out to be Turbo, which was like an old classic racing character in the game or in the in the movie. So I just think it would have been really epic because like there's so many characters that we've followed over the years. We're like, well, of course, yeah, classic Sonic 2 Tales is the same tales we see in Frontiers. But like where did some of these other characters go? And so to have this like whole backstory where Fang actually was corrupted after the events of um, you know Sonic Triple Trouble, and he didn't reemerge until Forces would have been kind of epic, especially when Sonic Mania ties in with Forces as like a big story. So I don't know, like they should have hired me. I think. I think. I think, I think a lot of. I think a <laughs> lot of people would have been able to make a better story than whatever. Uh... <laughs> that game was right um yeah what's the last game he was in i'm trying to think maybe the sonic uh i know he was in generations <sighs> and mania right in a way oh as cameos Mani- mania would be the last game but that wasn't him that was like a um uh, an illusion just the like, fan yeah. an illusion just like the and then f- front, I mean, right yeah. and then generations it was a wanted poster so really i guess maybe sonic the fighters how about the storybook games was he in those no, no. So 1996, I want to say. Whoa. So, yeah, he's one of those characters that, I don't know. It seems like Sonic Team is not too keen on bringing them back. But I hope I hope that they, if they ever make another classic game, we get it. But I think it's dumb not to. Did you hear the rumors that they were supposed to put him in, in his own team for Sonic Heroes? No. Oh, I did hear that. That would have been awesome. Right. But, yeah, he's... He's only been around 94, 95, 96 he had appearances in games. And then it wasn't until Generations and Mania that we got cameos and like stuff like that. But it's just, it's a shame. So, it's a shame. the character has a uh, weird name history, as we talked about. Early into development, the character was actually named Knack. Not the PlayStation uh, legendary all-star <laughs> character, Knack, without the K. N-A-C-K. But since in 1993, Sonic Team introduced a little character called Knuckles. And Knuckles and Knack sound similar in Japanese. Aspic decided to do a contest in the Japanese magazine Shukan Famicom 
to to Hushin. And in the end, Fink the Sniper won. Also, Famicom is literally the Nintendo name in Japan. So it was like a Nintendo fan magazine that got to name Fink the Sniper. I don't know if I like that. That's odd. Maybe they do, like, maybe it was one of those Japanese magazines that started off as Famicom and then there was actually uh, competition because for a while Nintendo <laughs> owned 90% of the market. So it was either that or nothing. Um, regardless. In America and Europe, they still kept Knack, which I think was a mistake because I think... I mean, we didn't know back then, obviously. I don't think we knew that we'd be talking to people in Japan and sharing the lore and then make it super complicated for people that make Wikipedias. Um, what, <laughs> what do you think? Is, is, are, is your heart in Fang or in Knack? Um, I, I kind of tip my scale towards knack earlier i prefer when it comes to naming i usually prefer the original japanese names in this case mm, i think i like fang more right but i just knack knack feels more natural to me because i grew up on it um how about fang the sniper no no fang the weasel how about that? How about Fang the Knack? See, that's the thing. Fang the Weasel, I think, would be a good in-between. Right. Because it's an animal. They decided on Weasel instead of, like, a jumping rat. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I I think they should combine it, too. I think they should have kept it within an animal in. And I think if they ever do a thing where they, like, want to explain it further, I think the idea of him having Sniper as his, like, alias because he doesn't use his real name, but he... Technically, it's Weasel. I, I would accept even something like that because he's such a undercover, uh, greedy guy or thief that he doesn't want to tell people his real name. So, the next, we're going to be talking about the levels for the game. We're going to be doing a tier mm. list. Have you ever done a tier list, Barry? Do you know what yes, that is? Yes, I have. When? I do. It's what the uh, gamers do. When? When? Oh, I have to look up. Oh, okay. When? When have you done a tier list for what? Um, I, I think I started one for Sonic and then there were way too many options. So I stopped. (laughs) So today we're only going to be looking at about seven options since there's only about seven levels in this game. So the first Mm -hmm. level we have, um, is Great Tortoise Zone, which is, I would say a copy of, um, Green Hill Zone, right? It's the, uh, forestry looking one. Um, where were you placing in your list? S, A, B, C, D, E, and F tier for a level. Um, great turquoise. I would turquoise, say sorry. it's a sol- It would be. I'd say a solid A. It's a good start to right. the game. That that whole turtle bit is really cool. And to be honest, like as much as people complain about Green Hill, you know, copies. Um, Copies. I remember when Sonic 2 Master System is talked about, people are like, oh man, the first level sucks. It's not a green hill. <laughs> you know? <laughs> right, that's what um, I don't get sometimes, but yeah. So yeah, I, I give it a solid A. This is my my favorite idea for one. It's the Sunset Park, which is a amusement mm. park that's been abandoned and is kind of destroyed. It has a cool yellow sunset. I thought it was pretty epic when I played it as a kid. Uh, just the aesthetics of it and the idea. I wish they would bring this back and make it in a 3D level, like it's just a cool sunset level in a theme park that's been destroyed. But what's your mm-hmm. opinion on this one? 
Um, this one, I'd, I'd put solid S. I think it's one of the most memorable levels in the game, and there's a lot of cool, fun gimmicks. Um, it's, if I remember correctly, the end boss is like a moving train, right? <laughs> mm, I and, think so, yes. And that's very Sonic Advance. Remember in the Advance games, I think Sonic Advance 2, where all the bosses were moving? Mm, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'd say Sunset Park is an S in my mind. Um, let me see the other one. Um, Meta Jungleria Zone? Sorry. Um, is this like VR? It's like meta? Right. I think it is. I think they copied this one. It's a jungle level. I think we've seen a lot of jungle levels. I think one thing I do appreciate from this game, it does take stuff from the classic games, like ideas. Um, but they do such a, I think, a good variety that it mm-hmm. just keeps going, even though you're like, oh, this is obviously inspired by Green Hill Zone, or this one's obviously inspired by one of the weird jungle levels that uh, were in the classic games. But I think they, they did a good enough job to keep them a little separate. What's your opinion on this one, besides it being related to Facebook? I, <laughs> I like that there was like a swamp on the bottom. It reminds me of um, Oil Ocean in that sense, mm-hmm. where you have to like try not to sink you know, it's not a death pit. It's like it gives you a little chance. Right. Um, apparently, the name is based on Shangri-La. Right. I was going to say From that. the 1933 Lost Horizon mm. novel. So, Meta, Meta Jungri-La. It's such a weird... Jungri-La. Jung- it's a very weird La-ra. title. Jungri-La. La-ra. All right. Um, where, how, where do you place this baby? I mean, here we are. People complain about like, oh, it's, it's Hydrocity. No, it's Hydrocity. But what what the hell is Meta Jungrela? <laughs> like yeah, this one's never coming back um, <laughs> as a title. No, for, yeah. but I'd still say it's it's pretty solid. What what would you rate rank it? I don't know. You want to give it a B or an A? I give it a B. All right, B sounds pretty good. So so far we're down the line. So the next one's going to be a C, I'm assuming. So mm. the next one is Robotnik's Winter Zone, and this is weird because has there been before this a Robotnik themed name like well okay first of all they don't call them robotic right so i'm assuming this was called eggman winter zone in japan it was not i actually i was looking this up before we recorded because okay. i was like oh this is interesting so in japan this was called robotnik winter Where, really uh, they just zone. called it that yeah and who's and robotnik? i'll get to it when we talk about the comic book so remind me but there's another interesting little tidbit here but um this this one, I mean, I'll I'll just say it S because this yes. is the snowboarding one. It's right. on the cover. Right. It's memorable. It's literally good it's enough to be on the cover. Yeah, it's basically more um, ice cap zone, and right. everyone loves ice cap zone. So I agree with that. Yeah. Um, title plan zones or yeah, like the like the uh, the streaming service, right? To Dell, <laughs> yeah. to Dell like, zone. <laughs> uh. It's like Tidal Tempest. I'm not a big fan of underwater game or stages. No. This kind of has like uh, a... What's that level that never came out on the two? Uh, Labyrinth Zone look kind of to it, I guess. The little block. Right. But I will I will say the Sea Fox is in this level, which is a really fun like nod to uh, Tales Adventures, which released a year later. Right. So there's, there's a fun little bit of continuity here and like the aspect... You know, everyone's like, oh, the Snyderverse. This is the Aspectverse <laughs> the aspect of Sonic. I you know what? They really need to make an Aspectverse, like, comic crossover where they just do that era 
Yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. But anyway. But I think that kind of saves it from being, you know, worse than it is. I I would give it a a solid B. Mm, B. Because it ties into the uh, the aspect verse, all right. I like I like that it leads into Tales Adventures. Like there's a little continuity there with the craft, and he even you know he he's in it on the cover of the comic. I think that's really sweet. And actually, the Sea Fox became uh, Tales' go-to craft for a lot of um, Archie Sonic stories. There was quite a few of them, so I thought that was cool. Atomic Destroyer Zone. It sounds like a death metal band, to be honest. Atomic Destroyer. Um, it's all right. Right. Not, you know. So just give it a C. That's that sounds all right, right? C. I mean, it sounds like we're being down on it, but I, I guess the thing is, is with these final zones, like they're always so difficult and hard that they're there to give you a challenge at the end of the game, but not. There for you to like enjoy. Oh, I can't wait to jump. In. Yeah, exactly. You're like, oh, I need to do that level select zone. Show. Level select so I can jump back in. Like for me in Sonic One, I would always replay Starlight Zone. I would never replay the final story. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I'd never be like, oh, I want to be angry. Unless you embarrass yourself um, but, in school and you're like, I need to punish myself. I had to play that level. Gone. I will say Metal Sonic's a sub-boss, which does feed into your quadruple trouble. Right. I was going to say that. Uh, I did put in the notes to mention that Metal Sonic makes a, a appearance, which... Cameo. cameo. right. And that's kind of... Uh, what do you say? It's rare at this moment, or would this be uh, a mainstream appearance from him? It's rare, because he's, I think, only in... Like Fang, it's like Drift and the Fighters. He was really not present from Sonic CD onwards. So this is... It's kind of epic that he's just like a sub-boss. The rock one right here that I have, is this the bonus level? Number seven? That's right. it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's the bonus So stage. how would you rank this? You don't have to rank it in terms of other levels here, but as a bonus stage in Son- in this how era. How these work? Right. Um, I did not like that the special stage was tied to a Chaos Emerald monitor. I thought that was... I don't know. I feel like they could have done it a better way so F, to have got like, you. <laughs> you know, I think ac- accessing them was kind of lame. Um, but how do these work? So the first, third, and fifth, I, I actually don't remember how these play. Um, e, F, D. How do these work? And then there's 3D stages, right? It's, oh, I see they're different. All right, so one's 2D, and one's, they alternate. Right. So. And one's 3D. I'd say the 3D ones, I would give an A just because it's fun and different and utilizes the tornado. Um, the 2D ones, I'd give a maybe a C just because nothing too exciting there. I never really liked the special stages in the Sonic and Tails games. I, I think it's funny um, because uh, I think a lot of people, like while they have nostalgia feelings being blown away by the bonus stages, a lot of people don't like the bonus stages in some Sonic games. Like, the first one had that weird one that Sonic won on the Mega Drive that goes like this, right? right? And it makes you... And then they have the other ones that are, like, fake 3D, but then you have to jump on stuff on 3. Right. I mean, I, I've said it before. I think the best Sonic special stages, like, utilize skills you learn in the main game. Right. And, like, focus on them. So, like... I, I thought it was always cool when they were like, oh, instead of running sideways, I'm running forward in like a, a tunnel. Like, that's cool. I never liked when they take away control from you, like with Sonic 1 or 
when you're just falling down a pit, like in, uh, I can't remember which one does falling down a pit. Isn't it 3D Blast on the uh, Saturn? No, that's on a bridge. Right. I can't recall. But yeah, so there's there's good ones, there's bad ones. And this one, I guess, is just lazy because it's, it's just straight up like another 2D stage, but it's called the special stage. Right, right. It's just kind of odd to me. So if they were all the tornado, I think that would have been like A. Because that's that's cool. It's like forward. It's it it utilizes the tornado, and we've never seen the tornado in a forward moving direction, which is kind of surprising, given Superscaler. Like, why have they never done a Superscaler special stage with the tornado? That would been epic. I agree. Why haven't they? Imagine that. Imagine that. Like you're playing Sonic Three. And then, like, the special stage kicks off, and it's Afterburner in the Tornado. Why not? Mm. I Get like Yuji it. Naka on the phone. He's fired what do you, once he gets out of jail. What, what, what do you mean? Oh, yes. where, where? He's in jail. Is he in jail? Oh, yeah, he is in jail. I told, no, he's, he's not. He's not in jail. I don't think he's in jail. You don't think I think so? he was arrested and let I out. I saw him. Yeah. I, I saw him in jail. I don't think he's still sitting in jail. I saw him in jail, though. I, went, I, I literally... No, I haven't. But do you think he actually went to prison for what he did? I don't think he went to prison. There's a difference between being arrested and, like, sitting in the the local jail and, like, being booked and going to prison. Um, He probably was in, like, a a white-collar, like, holding area where he, like, sat on a bench. Like, I doubt they put him in bars. You think so? in In a jumpsuit. I don't think so. Hmm. No. Why not? I think what they should do is they should have Yuji Naka travel the country and sign autographs and answer stupid questions from fans for five years. Why? For free. Wouldn't that be a great punishment? He's like, you have to go to conventions and sign free autographs and answer questions from Barry and George. I actually would love that. Can we have that happen? I think we can. Let's talk to uh, the president of Japan. Who's the president of Japan to make this happen? I actually, that should be a good punishment. Can you imagine having to talk to your own fans? How horrible (laughs) that would be? Uh, Nights into dreams. Um, Is it an actual dream or is it it a real world? Uh, Anyway. All right. um, So let's talk about the music for Sonic Triple Trouble. Usually, I mean... I'm gonna I'm gonna lay it out there for everyone. I'm not a big fan of 8-bit Sega music. Usually, I it hurts my ears. I think it's mostly because it was made for smaller speakers, the the Game Gear. So usually, not a lot of thought was into it. And I think me and you got spoiled by mostly playing most of our 2D gaming on a Mega Drive with that beautiful, beautiful, crisp sound. The stereo mm, sound, mm, two mm. speakers, baby, it sounds so good. But yes, yeah. So, but yeah, Triple yeah, Trouble yeah. is actually received pretty positively by fans. A lot of people said that it had better music than Chaos, and that was mostly because of y- Yai Yao. How do you say her name? Wachi. Uh, y- Yayoi. Wachi. Wachi. Yayoi Wachi. Yeah. A female composer for Sega Japan. She would go on to compose iconic soundtracks. For Panzer Dragoon Zuei and Magic Knight Ray Earth. Mm. And personally, like I said, I'm on the fence. What do you think about my hate trip for 8-bit music? I think this soundtrack's good, (laughs) 
but I do think it still runs for the same issue where they has this like tingingly, I don't know, like it kind of hurts your ears. You, you know what it is? You're a soundtrack guy. You like the vinyls. Right. You like the CDs. You like the Spotify playlists. And so I can see you being like, I don't want to throw on 8-bit Master System right. soundtracks. And I wouldn't wee, blame you. Wee, they're not... Wee, 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 they're wee, not... Wee. They suit... <laughs> the thing is, is they suit the game when you're playing it. I like, agree. And that's... And that... And the best that a Game Gear and a Master System can do is the music that you're going to get. Um... I don't think they transcend the hardware and deserve to be pressed on a CD. And in that sense, I get it. But there has been some really great Game Gear and Master System soundtracks. A lot of it's really tinny and hard to listen to. But, man, Sonic Drift 2, I think, has some amazing tracks. I love Rainy Savannah. Like, it makes me emotional when I listen to it. Um, That's such a good sound. You've heard Rainy Savannah, right? Right, right, yes. It's so good. Um, and and I think uh, Triple Trouble's up there. I think it is some pretty great music. I just think it's one of those ones, though, where I prefer the remixes, you know, to mm. the actual music. Um, but, yeah, you know, I mean, there's a reason why we don't see Data Discs doing many uh, vinyl releases. I think the only one I can think of is, um, it wasn't Data Discs, but didn't the original Fantasy Star get a vinyl? Yes, it did actually. Um, through and that's one of the few master, master system systems, games, right? And they're they're yeah. doing all the Fantasy Star games. I think four. Uh, what I know. What are they called? I wish I got on it, but one of them sold out, right? right? Like, hopefully they do a repressing of all four. I got. Let me see which one I got. I got two. Mm-hmm. Well, you can't see it because of my filter thing, but. Uh, it's by. Uh, you have to mm, hold your hand in. Right. Uh, do you do this when you're on those team calls or whatever? What's up, guys? I can, oh, fo- uh, phone to sh- to shore. I think that's what they're called. Or ship to shore. Um, they're doing it. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's actually interesting that she did Triple Trouble, and then she also did pa- uh, Panzer Dragoon Z-Way, which is considered one of the most epic soundtracks of all time, and is totally like top tier in terms of composition compared to a Game Gear game, right? Like, she went from that to, oh, I'm just going to make Saturn games or are going to be considered some of the best music of all time. So, right. so she has a big career. So, yes. Definitely uh, a good soundtrack if you like 8-bit music, like I said. So, let's talk about adverts. In America, we got one print ad. That's it. But the print ad, I think, <laughs> is pretty good. Um, it kind of captures... The cover, which, I, I mean, it has the cover and it has the snow. And like you said, the snow level is literally the most popular level and what it was used for marketing. Um, what mm-hmm. do you think about this ad? It's pretty typical Sega of America uh, 90s ad. Yeah, not too much to say about it. It's not even like really edgy or anything. Mm-mm. It's just someone outside playing the game. Um, I think it's odd that the screenshots are below, and yet in the screen is the cover art. Right, it's weird. It doesn't make sense. Whoever designed it, right? I also think the screenshots are really shitty. They're like a yellow tint. Um, I'm just kind of surprised they couldn't get better screens. It looks like a, it looks very yellow. It's just odd. Um, I think they should have played up the three enemies thing more, like triple trouble. You know, like. 
knock heads with knuckles and then it should have been like take on new enemy knack the weasel and then maybe the third one it's like an old Eggman's back with metal sonic you know right right uh but it is cool to see the sea fox down there to see the snowboard they're really kind of pushing it to be like sonic 3 and knuckles down below where they got knuckles is back um so yeah so not strike dash so just whatever then it's fine, it's but fine. it's not... The thing is, it's not edgy. Like, it, there's no headline... Like, look at the top. There's no title. It's just the logo and someone outside playing. So you think it should have been something like... Knack the weasel will shoot you in the head or something like that. Nothing like that? It should have taken... If you look down at the very bottom, it says triple the action, triple the thrills. It should have said that at the top. Right. Like, triple the action, triple the thrills, triple the enemies. Like, triple the villains. And then in the screen there, it should have been Sonic snowboarding in the game. Mm. And then down below, it should have been three screenshots throwing up, showing off the enemies. And then in the very bottom, where the cover art is, just blow it up a little bit to take up a little more space. So um, uh, I would have done it. So here's my idea for an ad if I had a picture for Sega. Play mm. up the idea that you're going to be taking a side of this game. So it would be like the kid with the Game Gears playing Sonic and... The people that want the Game Gear to play it are the villains, so somebody would be dressed like Eggman, one of them Knack, and one of them Knuckles, and it's like the the, the Triple Trouble everyone wants to play or something like that, and then it would be like the screenshots on the bottom. But yeah, at least it would play up the idea that there's multiple villains after... If I could have done it from scratch, I'd do one of those really raunchy, like, Sega ads mm. where it just shows, like, three, like, sexy women mm. who are triplets. Right. And it has nothing to do with the game. And it's that like, how about a threesome? And then they'll say Sonic Triple Trouble. <laughs> that would actually sell. <laughs> it would. It would. Next... We got a Game Gear commercial uh, in Japan. Mm. Um, they always made these really cool animated ones, which I was thought was kind of dumb that we never got them in America. Uh, at least some of the animation reused. But uh, let's press play. One, two, three. Right away, right? So, can you wait? Replay that again. What part? The the beginning. The GG collection. That part. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Isn't that? Yeah. Play it again. What about it? You you like that? That isn't that Tekanobu Mitsuyoshi. Most probably. You think so? That's him going, GG Collection! Well, he's a, he's yeah. a celebrity. I mean, this is how people knew how to buy a, a, a Game Gear. He sold it. GG Collection! Yeah, I love the different him. colored Game Gears because it's the same colors they use for the Game Gear minis. Right. Uh, I love it too. It's a messed up ad though. It is. A, it's pretty wild. It's also very low quality. Um, <clears throat> if someone that works at Sega, maybe in a department called Sega Forever... Could get access yeah. to these tapes and uh, upload better versions of these cool retro ads, so they don't—they aren't like one pixel in size. That'd be that'd be amazing, maybe a little bit. What do you think about that? I'm all for it. I don't I don't know if Sega Forever listens to this, but if they hear us, make it happen. Please, thank Cap'n. you. Um, 
Now I lost my spot because I don't know where I'm at. But I oh I see my notes now. Um, we also have a little thing called a comic book tie-in. This is where you come in, Barry. So in yes, sir. Archie Sonic the Hedgehog had an adaptation of the game in its third issue of the Sonic Specials, which was published back in October 1995. The issue was That's written right. by both Mike. Uh, Gallifer, Gallifer, and uh, fan favorite Ken Pinders? Gallagher. Gallagher, right? Like, yep. like the Gallagher, the uh, the artist that does the watermelon smashing. Yeah, yeah. So these these specials, they were all number ones, mm. and they never really made it clear as to like what order they go in. You really had to like kind of look at the date that they released. Um, it wasn't until later that Sonic Super Special became its own series that ran for I think thirteen issues. Um, well, fun fact, in the final Super Special, I had a letter printed, and it's the infamous infamous, uh, Super Special with some of the worst art and worst stories, including a story that was never reprinted that was so bad. So that's kind of my claim to fame. But um, this issue, I remember when it came out, was a big deal because they did not do a lot of adaptations. I think at the time, uh, Sonic & Knuckles was the only one to have its own standalone issue since then they did i think 3d blast chaotix um sonic adventure got one but it was rare and it was especially rare to have a a game gear game get its own one shot special Mm. um i read it i mean i read it a ton back in the day i actually have two copies this is another one i bought recently um and it's actually a pretty faithful adaptation basically the story is that uh, Robotnik was doing research on a single Chaos Emerald and he used the wrong equipment and it blew up and split the emerald in half. And so one piece of the emerald landed near Sonic and the other piece landed on the floating island. And Robotnik basically hired Knack the Weasel to go and acquire both of them for him. And so what happened was the one that landed near Sonic created a new zone. So in the Sonic comics, zones aren't like different areas in the world all the time. Sometimes they're portals to like new areas Uh, that were like created. Like the movie. (laughs) Kind of, yeah, yeah. And And so the one half landed near Sonic and created like a special entryway that says like, welcome to Triple Trouble. And when Sonic entered it, he basically played through the events of the game. And then the other half landed on the floating island and it was drawn to the Master Emerald. So it landed in a mountain and then started being drawn to the Emerald, actually like drilling itself through the mountain. And if it touched the Master Emerald, the entire floating island would explode. And so Sonic raced back to the floating island with the half... No, no, no. Sonic was knocked unconscious by Fang after he completed all the stages in Triple Trouble. And Fang took him to go get the second half of the Emerald. But when Fang arrived, Knuckles knocked Fang out. And then he found Sonic in the, like the trunk of, of Fang's uh, hover speeder. He thought Sonic was involved. So they fought until they realized that they needed to get the other half of the emerald to the one that was like burrowing itself underground. And so after that, they uh, 
they fixed everything. Uh, Fang got arrested. For what? Or Nat got arrested. For what? Um, there's what? cops? For, wait, wait, wait. Well, no, there's no cops, but Sonic like took you. him they... back. So Sonic oh, okay. arrested Knack. Got you. He's a cop now? Um, Burning Rangers? Tie it? Well, no, he just, he's <laughs> like, I'm going to take him back oh, and we'll take care of him. Right. And um, and so that was kind of that. But, I mean, it's all there. Like, uh, the only thing is Tails doesn't have the sea fox in the story. Instead, Lame. there's like a backup story where Tails has the sea fox and goes on his own adventure but what's interesting is that it ties in with plot points from sonic number one which had a story of like an underwater sort of story um so yeah i mean all in all it's it's a pretty solid issue gallagher wrote the the stories and then the third story penders wrote has no connection to triple trouble it's more of like a knuckles story that ties into the ongoing knuckles plot He's, of the mysteries of the floating island. He was so obsessed with uh, Knuckles, wasn't he? Like, that was his favorite character. He was, but, like, I gotta say, like, I see a lot on Twitter people going, oh, Penders. Like, Trash. when they hear Archie Sonic, they, Im- they immediately think all of Archie Sonic is Ken Penders and all of it's garbage. When really it isn't, like, at this time, it was pretty epic to be like, oh, I'm reading the Sonic comics, but I gotta pick up the Triple Trouble adaptation and it has a knuckle story that continues this story that's going on in the comics and like there's a lot of cool continuity like there's um these ancient creature or these ancient characters who appeared in uh the main comics who reappear here and meet knuckles for the first time so there's just i don't know like there's a lot of fun continuity in here it still adapts the game pretty well um but a fun little bit of trivia is that when sonic is running through all of the zones, they show a image of him, and I posted this up on our Twitter, of him defeating the Eggman boss, and he calls him Eggman, and like the 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 robotnik like silhouette is there, but what's implied is that in in the game it's not Eggman Eggman you're defeating, it's a robotic version of him. Does that make sense? Does it? Not really. Well, no. In the but in the in the comic, Robotnik is at his headquarters. He's not battling Sonic, mm. and so how does Sonic battle another Robotnik? Well, he's not. He's fighting a, ro- a robotic Robotnik named Eggman. It's implied, right? But what's really interesting is that when after issue fifty, Robotnik was dead, and then through some plot contrivance, um, he's reborn in a robot body that looks like the Sonic Adventure body. But he's called Eggman. And so really, this is the first appearance of a robotic-bodied Eggman. And so, you, you know, if you if you want to really talk Archie Cannon, it could be said that that's like the first appearance of that character. I don't know. I thought it was kind of fun. It's horrible. It's too much explaining. Why no, you it's guys, cool. You love... Okay, guys, I'm sorry. Um, I'm with you guys. I don't like Ken Penders. I'm an anti-Ken Penders, anti-Archie. I'm with you guys. I hate all this blasphemous stuff Barry talks, but I have to be nice. I can't just shut him down and tell him, stop. You're lying. <laughs> I, don't, You're okay, lying. I don't hate everything. All right. So I think all right. I don't want to get into it, but what I I will say <laughs> I'm is make I you think. Get into it. Sorry, go on. Well, you're gonna make me get into it. I 
I what I really appreciate about the Archie Sonic comics is they could have like these are kids comics. They could have just said, "Oh, Eggman's back. He was he wasn't dead. He's back and now he just has a new body." But they actually like go through um 70 plus issues and they find a way to make him come back through all of these past plot points. And I just I don't know, like they even though it's a little convoluted, they put thought into it rather than just being like, oh, Wizard did it. He's back. Right. They were like, well, Robotnik's dead, but in an alternate reality, there is a robo-Robotnik who is also a villain, and he put his body into a backup robot body that looks like the Sonic Adventure design, but he then was de-roboticized, and now he is essentially... Robotnik reborn as Eggman. Right. Like, that's silly on paper, but if you were to read through all the comics, it's kind of epic. Like, the lead-up to, like, his return. Do you, I don't do know. Do you think that a lot of new comic book or a lot of new Sonic fans read synopsis of these storylines and go, Oh my god, this is terrible, without actually capturing the feeling? So, two things. I think they read synopsises, and I think they look at cherry-picked screenshots from really shitty moments in Archie history, like Sonic Live, which was a one-shot where Sonic was like a video game character come to life. Like, it was stupid as hell, but it was not in any way uh, uh, indicative of the larger story going on. Like, to be honest, like, the Knuckles miniseries was some of the best written and best drawn like sonic comic content for quite some time like if you go back and look at the and i actually own some original art it's really well done it's just down the line it obviously turned into like way too much knuckles family history right Right. (laughs) so i don't know like to me we're now in a time when idw is basically an extension of the games and so it's kind of fun to go back and look at these early days, and and I don't know why you need to be so people need to be so cynical about it. Like it's over, it's not happening anymore. So let's enjoy, enjoy the past, you know. So let's talk a little bit about some fan ports. Uh, Sonic Triple yeah. Trouble is one of the games that basically has gotten a lot of fan love over the years. Uh, one of the things that uh, we you would notice here is that. Uh, first, we got a Triple Trouble on Master System port back in 2009. This unofficial port was mm-hmm. developed by Fan Glitch. So you guys could check that out if you guys really want to play the original Game Gear game on your uh, Master System or Master System emulator. That's definitely worth checking out. Um, EverDrive does it, right? Right, EverDrive, EverDrive on a uh, original hardware. Without a 32X attached. Right. Yeah. It just kind of sucks, though, because you can't do the... Uh, Safe state, I don't think it works on it. If you are into safe stating, can't safe state on on, on Master System, I don't think. Um, right, right. So um, besides that, um, it's an unofficial port. Um, you could download it on Sonic Retro. Just uh, Google the Sonic Triple Trouble SMS. Um, then a bigger, more talked about project, Sonic, Sonic Triple Trouble 16-bit, was developed... By Noah Copeland, and we actually interviewed him last year on our website. Uh, do you, uh, Aki did not us, so, but uh, do you remember uh, Sage and, and the promotion leading up to Sonic Triple Trouble? Because 
Noah, I definitely do. Yeah, Noah did a really good job, in my opinion, on promoting his fan project. He did a lot of cool. He got a lot of cool retro art to uh, come out. He had some really cool uh, ideas, like he made these like um, vintage magazine style like adverts for it, like it was an actual game release. I thought he did a really good job. He hyped it up really well. He basically t- he made the game on Game Maker Engine over the span of five years. The game features altered level design, 16-bit aesthetics, and really cool mechanic that allows you to switch between Sonic and Tails. Um, but what is your opinion on these fan projects that they put so much love where it almost feels like, is this a full release? Right? <laughs> um yeah, I mean, this is one of those rare instances where I really wish Sega would step in and like, yeah, uh, give this like a. I mean, I'm serious, like right, give it a, right, a right. No, Sega published release, and they don't need to do anything more than just put it on Steam and give it the the seal of approval. And I think they honestly should do this. Like, imagine if Sega did what a lot of companies are doing right now, boutique labels, where they are giving Genesis. And Sega CD and 3DO games like new pressings, right? Um, I know I know this game can't technically run on a Genesis, to my knowledge. Um, so in that sense, it doesn't really work that way. But I think it would be pretty epic if they did give it like an official Xbox like license, like. Like let's say okay, so Sonic. Let's say Sega's like they they contact Noah and they're like, hey, What's up, Noah? we are. What's up? They'd be like, we're not suing you. We want to publish this. We have a few notes from Sonic Team, um, but we want to bring this over to Switch, Xbox, PlayStation, Steam. It's going to be under a new label called, like, I don't know, like, Sonic uh, Classics Reborn or something. Right. You know what I mean? And they'd be like, this is the first we're, first game, and we want to look at you and and other developers like including um uh the taxman and stealth team to bring game gear titles and games that we haven't seen in years to the genesis like aesthetic i think that would be sweet you know but instead they're i don't think i don't think sega has anything planned outside of uh compilations and ports and new stuff so i i actually agree i think it's uh, it would be cool i think there's a lot of these fan projects that i really liked um some of them were like there's this metal sonic game that actually runs on it that i really like the idea of the way he uses the management system and the rings there's that three mm-hmm. uh complete so there's some games where i'm like man like i guess we have gotten three complete technically right recently so but it, it, yeah. there's been a lot where I'm like, come on, Sonny, you're really uh, dropping the ball here. So I just wanted to watch the fan trailer. Have you seen this before? I have, yeah, yeah. So we could watch it, and then we. You, it's only a minute. Uh, I'm going to start playing it uh, now. Look how this looks. There's that music you love. I love it. It's a little more tolerable here. Uh-oh. A lot better, obviously. <laughs> I mean, it, it. I love that it just looks like it fits right into the Genesis games. 
just like new gimmicks are cool. It reminds me a lot of so Sonic Mania, really. Like it could just be released. Right, and I think so like what would be sweet is like a Sonic Mania style compilation of all the Game Gear games brought right. into Genesis aesthetics. Right. Though five years working on it. What do you think about that? That's a long time of your life to give up for a project it's insane. like this. It must have felt so good when he finally released it, did the trailers, did all the promotion, being slocked. And you know what? I give him credit. I think he waited until the end to actually promote it a lot. I'm sure he talked about it, obviously. Like, everyone talks about their projects. Right, right, right. But they weren't making a Kickstarter. They weren't asking people for money. They delivered a product that I think a lot of uh, these people that do Kickstarters don't even deliver half of what they did. And he didn't ask That's for a true. penny, so I give him, Noah, a lot of props. Uh, Triple Trouble's a great game. His fan game is worth playing, but there's other ways to play the game. So let's talk about some of the ports that have been released over time. The game was in yes, Sonic Adventure DX Director's Cut for GameCube. It was also in the Sonic Gems Collection on the GameCube and PS2. To Coleco Sonic? What? I don't know what this... This is something that they put... Coleco? Coleco, yeah. But, like, was it really on there, though? This was on, on Sonic Retro. I just put it on there. Let me look at it. It's like... Look at the handheld. Yeah, it's... Well, Coleco was a computer, so I guess they used the Coleco branding. Well, then there's this... Uh, there's another one here. That, I'm not counting those. Sonic PC Collection for PC... And there's another one here, a Fun Play 20 in 1. That's cool, but no. Virtual Console mm -hmm. for the for the 3DS was would be the last one in 2013. I have that one. And yeah. uh have you guys have you noticed that uh SNK has been re-releasing their uh Neo Geo Pocket games on the Switch? And they've been doing I have. I bought both collections. I'm waiting for them to ship still. I have but... I have the first one already because I pre-ordered it when it first was announced. And I also bought the mm -hmm. second one. And I wish that Sega would just do that with Game Gear stuff. There's a lot of really cool Game Gear games. Hell yeah. D doing yeah. a cool little collection with a, on a disc, like on limited run games, even if it's just limited, would be amazing. You know what my wish is? I know everyone wants a Dreamcast Mini. Right. I want a Master System Mini. Whoa. I think it is 100% doable. I think M2 has the experience and the skills to really make it awesome. I think the way they could market it is to have it have more units sold in South America. I think they could make serious buck off of the South American market. Um, and I think, like with the Mega Drive Mini 2 with Sega CD, they could push that it also includes Game Gear games. Yes. And I think they could really lean on the Sonic library. So unlike... Mega Drive Mini 2, and even Mega Drive Mini 1, where Sonic was just kind of like there, but not a major focus. I think with this one, if they did a Master System Mini, they could go, got Sonic 1, Sonic 2, Sonic Chaos, Sonic Triple Trouble in a new Master System port from M2. We've got Sonic Drift and Sonic Drift 2 from the Game Gear. Like, it's all here, you know? And really put Sonic on the box art. Like, fuck it, you know? <laughs> like, you've got the character. You've got South America who just... I think they're still making games for the Mega right. Master System in South America. They re-released the... Um, uh, they, they were doing those re-releases, right? Like the Tech Toy, all the 100 games in one type of things. Yeah, like that's degrading the... the that's ruining the um, the brand. I agree. Bring out like a, 
a pristine and it doesn't need to be like a hundred bucks it could be like 70 you know because it's you're not working with sega cd titles it's actually a downgrade uh technically but you could put 100 games in it because there's so many game gear and master system titles so that's me i thought you i thought Um, your dream would have been the sega nomad like a handheld with all the genesis that would have been sweet too i think the whole if they did the lineup of mega drive mini one and two on a sega nomad that'd be that'd be pretty sick brah but it couldn't be mini right it has to be it's full size you know well not full size um, but you know i know it's not on the notes but i have some a few merch here can i show it 100% off real quick you can so these were awesome i actually have a pink one too they are sonic the hedgehog game gear bubblegum and inside of these they had collector cards and there were i have a ton of them here uh, so the first series focused on, I believe, Sonic the Hedgehog, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, so I got the cards here, Sonic Chaos, but of course our focus, there are Triple Trouble tip cards here, um, and I will read just one of the tips. So it says, hold down the D-pad when Sonic is standing, press and hold the 1 button, and then release. That's the spin dash. That's your tip, nice. how to do a spin dash. Um, I also have, from Cookie Crisp Cereal, they had Sonic the Hedgehog milk caps, or, you know, pogs, and there was a Knack the Weasel and Sonic the Hedgehog sharing a sheet there, and these would come, uh, in a plastic package, I think you maybe get four, two or four, I actually have the whole set, but this is the Sonic and, and Knack one. And then, of course, the comic book. So it's it's not too much Triple Trouble merch, but as you can see, like, you know, Fang got a little... A little love. A little something-something. He got a, a little cookie. A little cookie crisp. Anything you want to say so. to the fine folks listening about Triple Trouble before we close it up? Um, You know, it's it's just, it's kind of... I wouldn't call it the magnum opus of Game Gear games, but I think it was a fitting kind of conclusion to the sonic and tails games i think it's unfortunate that g sonic i think released later and it was just such a dud right i'm looking forward to talking about it right but it's 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 such a such a shitty game but um i i do believe we did do uh sonic chaos back in 2020 so we actually did cover both sonic and tails games right yeah that's pretty sweet we did i remember talking Uh, about the other one um i will say just to close it up it's worth playing, but I think mm-hmm. it got overshadowed by the very popular Mega Drive games at the time, especially coming right off of Sonic and Knuckles, and then having yeah. so it, it's it, I could see why a lot of people forgot it, but I think the iconic Fang design really makes the game continue on. I think it really makes oh so for sure definitely worth checking out, especially for Fang fans. Um, you you could read some of our Patreon memories for this game. Absolutely. So we have quite a few here. We have Ando dropping his thoughts. Said the perfect Game Gear Sonic was amazing. What they managed to get out of the old handheld considering the big sprites, the colors, and the 3D special stages. After Sonic 2 being too hard and Sonic Chaos being too easy, this also had the perfect level of difficulty. Triple Trouble was a mainstay in my Game Gear carrying case and kept me entertained during many car rides and boring visits to relatives. The fact that it had Knuckles instantly made it cool by default, and Knackfang, the sniper weasel, 
gave the franchise a new unique character that is now finally seeing some recognition. Shout out to Noah Copeland's incredible 16-bit remake of the game. Yep. Then we have da- Daniel Andres saying, oh man, unfortunately, I don't have much experience with this one, but it's definitely one of the best games on the Game Gear. I have started on the 16-bit remake, and I really need to continue it sometime soon. I've also always loved the Sunset Park train segment song. What a great game, and glad to hear it included in the symphony. Oh, it was in the Sonic Symphony, wasn't it? Hmm. I think it was. Or maybe he's talking about the Symphony of Sekatok. Um... Next, we have Ben Hayward saying, Oh my god! <laughs> Finally, Triple Trouble makes the Sega Talk list. Sorry, I was just thinking about a game like this. One of my uh, chances to be excited is Daniel Andres. Hi, Daniel. Uh, I've been looking forward to hearing this episode since you covered Sonic Chaos and mentioned that Triple Trouble might be featured further down the track. I had a Master System as a kid and was knee-deep in the 8-bit versions of Sonic 1, 2, Chaos, and Spinball. But it was only more recently as an adult that I've been able to get a Game Gear and catch up on the 8-bit Sonic titles exclusive to that system, including Triple Trouble. Triple Trouble was abs- was actually one of the very first games I got for the Game Gear after discovering it was a system exclusive via some Wikipedia research at the time, which I knew about Segabits back then. I've really enjoyed the game and have kept playing it on and off since. I've only ever had the bad ending, but one of these days I'm going to get good enough at the special special stage to finish with all the emeralds. Uh, lastly, we have Sonicu saying, Dang, Barry and George, sure looking handsome today. Oh, it's like he's looking at us oh, right no. now. That's meta. Um, I remember being really stoked for this game as a kid. I loved the cover art, always used to draw it, and it made me pretend surf all over the place on a skateboard or standing or whatever. And I always thought Knuckles looked a little off on that cover art, despite being dumb enough as a kid that I would pretend to... S- oh, wait, no, he already- Wait, he said it again? Oh, he's, he's repeating himself. He would surf all over the place or whatever. Uh, peak robotic Nick in the background, though. Anyway, I got this game when it came out a day after my birthday. Enjoyed it. The music for the boss of Sunset Park still gets stuck in my head regularly almost 30 years later. That's the second mention of that in our uh, memories here. Um, really remember enjoying the Archie comic adaptation, too. Also, Fang the Sniper should have been in Forces, see? Right. Remaster Forces and Triple Trouble in a double pack at Fix-It Sega, you cowards. I know you're listening to this. Good game. Wow. What a lot of memories. And... What are we covering next time? Or Next time, we are going to be going back to the World of Illusion. We're going to be talking about the World of Illusion starring Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck because it's coming out around, the episode's coming out around Valentine's Day. And if I remember correctly, in Japan, that game is called I Love Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck. So that was my, mm, my excuse. Your excuse, right. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So next time we'll be talking about Mickey and a duck and love and kissing. So see you guys next time on Sega Talk. Bye. Bye.